Hey, this is the Innovator of Violence, Tommy Dreamer, and you're listening to Live and in Color with my man, Wolfie D. Hey, this is Jimmy Street, host of the Live and in Color with Wolfie D podcast. Hear the life and times of professional wrestler Wolfie D. From his time in the territories with PG-13 to his time in WWE, ECW, WCW, TNA, and more. Nothing is off limits and nothing will be held back. Thanks again for tuning in. Here he is, Wolfie D. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome one more time to the Live and in Color with Wolfie D podcast. How you doing today, Wolfie? I'm doing great. Just got home uh, from the gym, sitting here making me a cup of coffee in my cool Mandalorian coffee cup, and uh, ready to do a little chit-chatting with you. I love it. I love it. That's awesome, man. I love that show, The Mandalorian. That's that's a super cool movie. Yeah. It's like a Western meets Star Wars meets everything, man. It's so cool. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, today we're doing something a little off the beaten path. I kind of had a feeling in me, like, you know, that I wanted to do something that would kind of you know, change it up a bit. And this one today is called Ask Wolfie D Anything. And that is, you know, that's that could get it can, man. <laughs> I know. I know it can. But I, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And we're we're going to have a good time with it. And I think that people are going to enjoy it for sure. First of all, thanks so much for your awesome response to the Jerry the King Lawler episode. We've seen numbers that we haven't seen before. And it's super yeah. cool. You know, some of our episodes are just about to catch up to the numbers that our most recent episode had. So the, that's awesome. Yeah. Definitely happy with that. Definitely appreciate you getting the guests. And, and definitely appreciate the king coming on too, you know. So, yeah. but anyway, man, you got your coffee, I got mine. Yeah. Let's go ahead and get it started. How's that sound? Do it. All right, beautiful. So, their first question here from Instagram is mm-hmm. at non sx10, non sex10, maybe non sx10. <laughs> first question he had was any memories of working the Dudleys at Hardcore Heaven? Yeah, man. I really hated that match. Um, since saying that, I mean, when I watch it back, it's not as bad, but the, I don't understand why we did it like we did it. That's, that's the thing. Uh, we had been heels the entire time when we went to ECW. We worked Spike, uh, Dudley, and Mikey Whipwreck almost every night. We worked the Eliminators. Uh, I worked with Taz in a single. We worked the Pitbulls. You know, we were always heels, though. We were the Southern uh, heels in the up right. there in Philly, you know. And then yeah. we show up for pay-per-view, and I don't know whose idea this was or what the reasoning behind it was. And I, it just baffled me from the get-go. And I do believe that even when we were told, okay, you guys are going to be the baby faces against the Dudleys, we were like, what? You know, let's, can we change this? <laughs> and yeah. uh, let us the heels and just fucking put you guys over or whatever. <laughs> and then the even stranger part of it was we're going to do y'all's comedy, you know, Memphis-style spots. I mean, we're on pay-per-view, and the Dudleys are doing the damn arm pump handle spot. Right. Trying to, right. It, that's our shit. And and not right. that I cared that you were doing it. It's just like, this is totally fucking backwards here. And it doesn't make any sense. Um, right. Right. But at the end of the day, I mean, we made the best out of it. And, uh, you know, it was a decent match. I mean, Jenna Jamison being there, Jamie was good on the mic as usual, but I think oh, that yeah. helped save some of it. 
yeah. from being a full shit fest and just a regular old no build up match. Um, I mean, he said some really funny things, and and some of it not on the pay per view, but if you because I think that was that's on uh, the network or whatever Peacock is now. Um, right. But Jimmy, when he slides out and does the spot where he kisses uh, Jenna Jameson, he slides back in. He gets on the mic, and this is edited out now. Uh, but he grabs the mic and he says, "Damn, that tastes like dick." In the first. <laughs> But they, that's since been edited. But it was, you know, Jamie did great. Was uh, I think he kind of saved, and he helped us get over because there we are in Fort Lauderdale, where we, you know, hadn't been. Like I said, we were heels, and then all of a right. sudden we're baby faces. But the people did get with us, so you know, whatever. Yeah. I I don't know who came up with that design, but I just never understood it. I still don't. You know, the thing is, is sometimes the crowd doesn't even know you don't like it. Of course, that's the beauty of it. Right. You know, so you guys are like angry about certain details. And that makes total sense because you're right. But you're right. That part with Jamie is hilarious. And I remember, I think I remember seeing that on the original pay-per-view. Yeah. I, I think we would get it on tape uh, further after the pay-per-view had aired. I think my local provider could not get it. But at the, in 97, I was in a metal band. And I was loving ECW. So, like, any time at that time, I was all about ECW. That was the way it was for me. So, you know, at that time, and watching you guys up there, it was awesome because I, you know, was telling my friends, these guys, yeah, I know these guys. Oh, that's awesome, you know. (laughs) So, anyway, that's awesome. The Dudleys kind of, you know, they moved into a certain style after that. Do you feel like you saw that path, or was was it evident to you at that time, you think? Or or do you feel like it was kind of? I really didn't. I really wasn't concerned with whatever the, their path sure. was. I was concerned about my path. And, and you got to remember, too, okay, so that's 97. After we get let go from WWE and the Road Warriors squash, uh, that, you know, it was the Road Warriors. Everybody's been fucking beat by the Road Warriors. Of course. But at the same time, I think that could have played into that design because um, Paulie maybe thought, okay, well, they just got smashed by the Road Warriors on WWE. Right. I can't really push them here now, you know. And we—that was one reason why, when that match came up, and you know, I'm sure we'll talk about this later uh, on the timeline of uh, the Road Warrior match because we walked out and we told Hawk right. Animal, "Hey, uh, you know, we love you," and they knew that. And uh, it, it's not—it's yeah. not you guys. The reasoning behind this that they're doing it to us is why we're leaving. Right. And we left, but we ended up coming back in. Sean and Jim Ross chased us outside and made us, well, not made us, requested that we come right. back in, offered us the money, more money, and uh, that, that's that. But I think that that possibly played into the, the plan of ECW there because that was our last shot with them, I think. I don't remember us working there anymore after that. No, I think that was it, yeah. Then you end up some singles work, and then uh, you popping up on WCW, I remember, and a few years later, though. Anyway, well, that's cool. I think that pretty much answered that. That's awesome. You know, the fact that Jenna Jameson was there, and that's every, you know, kid my age, you know, dream, of course. (laughs) Did you get to meet her or say anything to her? I don't remember, man. I I don't. Gotcha. Well, cool. Well, anyway, well, his second question, non-SX10, any stories from Beaver Dam, Kentucky? He was there as a kid and watched you almost knock a light fixture off with a moonsault. (laughs) Probably true. I would, I think you could reach the rafters 
from the top rope, but I would do stuff like that, climb up in there and jump out. And I was, let's see, in Beaver Dam, I was probably 17, 18 years old doing that. That was before PG-13. That's where me and Jamie, well, that's not where we met, but that's kind of one of the places we started doing the PG gimmick. Yeah, I do recall. Now that was for a man named Shelby Adcock. He ran that. He ran Beaver Dam and he ran Central City, Kentucky. Um, okay. I mean, a lot of memories from there. That Beaver Dam is actually the place, and we talked about this that with uh, Jeff Jarrett was on the show yeah. and uh, uh, held the video camera that eventually got the tape got taken to his dad that got us the job with USWA. Um, and, and I do remember now in Central City, this is a, a wild story. Somebody almost killed me. Uh, he, the finish of the match, I think the guy's name was Kentucky Trapper, and I was still Airwolf. And the, the finish of the match was uh, I have, I got somebody pinned or something like a Pat O'Connor roll up or something like that. And my brother runs down and he's supposed to powder me. And, uh, I don't remember if there was a move after, but, you know, one, two, three. Uh, so this guy comes down, and he got and, and he's doing a run-in. So why he would have it stored, you remember those little black uh, film that you would put uh, camera film in, those little bitty cases with the with the gray lid on them that popped off? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so baby powder and that, right? Huh? And he does the run in, he slides in, and I'm I'm blowed up. I didn't work the whole match. And instead of taking the top off, dumping the powder in his hand and throwing it at me, he pops the top off and like throws it from the can the little container, you know, never takes it out of the container, throws it. so basically a container shaped wad of <laughs> of baby powder. <laughs> is projected through the air, you know, never fans out or anything. And as he does that, I'm, like I said, I'm winded, and I was taking a, a, a an inhale. This motherfucking oh clog of, of baby powder went in oh my, my throat. God. Oh, my God. And you talk about not being able to fucking breathe. And I, oh seriously, it, it suffocated me. I went down. And thank God I was able to throw up and, and it cleared my, my airway. And then, you know, one, two, three or whatever. But literally, I thought I was going to die. I mean, it was it was real oh quick. But I couldn't breathe. And you, you think of like a, you know, like a fire extinguisher putting out a fire is kind of what baby powder is going to do to your fucking throat. Right, <laughs> right. You, in there, you know what I'm saying? Oh, so, yeah, that's, that's a beaver dam story. Well, like I said, that was Central City, but it was the same they weren't too far from each other, and it was the same guy running the shows. Yeah, that's grumpy, God, dude. I can just imagine you're like, "Am I dying now? Is it it?" Yeah, I mean, you yeah. had so many... the way I'm going. <laughs> yeah, this is it. Oh, baby powder from the. And you know what? I remember uh, some other things maybe being stored in those type canisters. So uh, yeah, you know, yeah. Good yeah. thing Jamie didn't get that mixed up with something else. You know. Um, <laughs> any... <laughs> anyway, yeah. maybe this. Maybe I'm making Jamie a criminal in something that I'm, I'm making myself <laughs> there. Anyway, yeah, dude, that's a great story. I'm sorry. I can almost, like I said, I think we need to make a PG-13 movie. I think, you 
know, it, it would entertain everyone. So that's a great story. So our next question here from Instagram, this guy, he likes all our pictures. He comments, he yeah. likes everything on Instagram and at strongman storytelling. His uh-huh. question is, do you think TNA would have been more successful had they used a more Memphis style product with a studio audience? personal issues and booking meaning just kind of took the memphis style and moved it to nashville essentially do you think they would have been better off that way or was that way gone well that just and i appreciate the fact that that's what he uh strong man there he he likes that style and everything and i appreciate that and that's what i grew up on but i don't think it would have helped that product at all because all you would do would be localizing your product when they were right. trying to do something bigger than that. You know, the the weekly pay-per-view was a new thing and, you know, trying to make it national and not localize it. And, right. You know, especially to the, the corporate people, you're not going to say, hey, I've got this new product, but hey, it's just like the 70s and 80s. You know, right. That's not really right. what they, people with the money would want to hear. They, don't, they wanted to see something new. It was, you know, supposed to be an alternative to WWE, and that was the whole plan at the beginning, you know. So yeah. I don't think it would have done it any good to do it that way, but I do appreciate uh, his love for that style. Yeah, totally. And I love that style, too. As a Mid-Atlantic kid, I yeah. love that whole, you know, Crockett style as well. But but I get it, what you're saying. Now, the NWA, coincidentally, is using that now, but they're using it as an alternative to the right. other guys, like the AEW yeah. and the WWE. They're using that, and, and it's kind of like niche, you know. They're using that as an alternative, which yeah, it looks the, good. The but, throwback but, niche. Right, but it's a flooded market almost right now. Whereas right there, TNA is filling the gap, a huge void that WCW had left. Right. And you really, you know, I could not see AEW going to a studio. You know what I'm saying? No. So, But anyway, yeah, I agree with you, man, totally, 100%. Love that he likes that style, but at the same time. Yeah, and as far um, as the, like, personal issues and stuff like that, I mean, that can work anywhere. So that's not yeah. something that really has a uh, time stamp on it, I guess. But yeah, just the, as far as the studio settings, that would have been yeah. a step backwards. Um, I do believe. Yeah. 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 Well, cool. Well, thank you. Strong man. Storyteller. Like I said, that dude is great. Hope we get to meet him one day. You may have already met him in their past here, but we'll shed some light on that in the future. Hey folks, to get your official live and in color with Wolfie D merchandise, go to pro forward slash live Wolfie D. Check it out. If you're listening to Live and in Color with Wolfie D on Apple Podcasts and like what you're hearing, go ahead and leave a five-star rating. And while you're at it, write a review. Tell us what you liked. Tell us what you'd like to hear in the future. It's very important to us and always appreciated. Thanks again. All right, so our next question is Facebook, and this is my friend Jermaine Austin, a.k.a. Seven, the wrestler at Seven, the Deadly Sin. He's got, Mm -hmm. you know, he's into the dark stuff, man. He's a metal fan. (laughs) He wrestled down with Bill Barons in Georgia there, you know, with Reverend Dan and, and all those guys. And so his question is, 
a good new church story. Now, I know we've yet to cover most of that, and we have covered some of that with Father James, mm-hmm. but at the same time, do you have a good new church story that, you know, might, might entertain Jermaine here? Man, uh, dang. I mean, it's, I think me and Jim talked about most of that. The the real, other than being at the building, you know, there was, uh, and Jim lived in Florida. Uh, Brian and I really didn't, uh, we didn't hang out afterwards or anything like that. But yeah. there was just uh, me and Jim, I would pick him up at the airport. I think, like I said, I think me and him talked about this. Pick him up at the airport, we'd pregame before we got to the show. Uh, I'm not going to elaborate on what that involves. but Right, uh, right. We was always primed and ready to go when we got there, and it worked. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, the when we we came off as what we were supposed to. And, um, and it, well, yeah. maybe I'll fill it in a little. There, yeah. there wasn't no there wasn't no real hanging out afterwards with TNA the weekly Wednesday shit. I had to. I was I had a regular job at that time, so I was going to work the next day. You know, so right, right. Posing a whole lot of traveling or, you know, hanging out and that kind of deal. Yeah, yeah. And that makes sense, you know, especially where you're kind of like in that limbo period of like, this could be something, but I can't leave this behind because yeah. if it doesn't go anywhere. Right. I've got, well, tell me a story. Did James ever advise you guys on anything or was it reversal or did you guys just come together or was that all from a booking committee? Did you guys get, you know, your ideas and thoughts like that, or were you guys coming up with it on well, your I mean, own? Obviously the, the direction, uh, was coming from the office as far as matches. Uh, a lot of stuff, uh, was, and I know Jim talked to them on the side, like angle wise matches wise. A lot of it was me. Uh, they, they, the people, especially like storm. Cause I trained him and, and yeah. Chris Harris, uh, they trusted me. Brian Lee trusted me and Jim trusted me. I mean, he told you that on the thing, uh, to be able to come up with, I mean, I was just, I was, I'd always been a tag team wrestler and I was probably the best one at coming up with tag team stuff as far as finishes and spots and, you know, stuff like that. So, uh, Jim just trusted me. I'll say that. I don't, he didn't really advise on match stuff. Uh, if I needed him to do something, now Jim, and he'll tell you this, he didn't like to bump a lot. And sometimes I'd go to him, hey, man, do this. But we always made it work. We didn't, I didn't have him bumping all the time. So when he right. did bump, it didn't mean something. But, uh, no, nah, he, yeah. you know, like I said, it was, a, it was a group effort. And then you had, like, Storm and Chris, they had uh, Bob Ryder in their corner. So sometimes, and I say this, with the, with you know, much respect for for both of them, and, and James knows I love him, but that created a problem sometimes because, I mean, I, I remember for sure, uh, me and Brian kind of and James kind of laughing about it, Jim kind of laughing about it that if they weren't going over that week, they literally would pout. So and that was you know Bob's guys, and and then I forget who else was in that little clique of Bob's guys and. This is the wrestling business, man. That's not a knock on anybody. It's just how it is. And and they were, you know, young and, and, and all that stuff and letting people pull them in different directions and make them think things or, or, or you know, I, I guess that makes sense. Make them think uh, they're doing the right thing and being upset about the wrong things. You know what I'm saying? Like, right, right. But exactly. There's a yeah. business 
reason why you're not going over tonight because we're trying to do this, that, or the other, you know. Um, right. But yeah, right. So that's yeah. weird it, sometimes. Yeah, no, and that that makes total sense. You've got six opinions and, and plus the, the writers and all that. So, well, his second question is, I know the answer to this, but I'll let you say it. So ever think about getting the new church back together, whether with Sin or Brian Lee? You know, we, we've yeah, got a very time world. Is, that, because the last ahead. time we did that was uh, the TNA one night only pay-per-view. And that was another one that I did not like because it was thrown together. The atmosphere at TNA at that time was horrible. The morale with the guys was horrible. I mean, Al Snow called me. Um, I want to say it was either four or six weeks out from this pay-per-view, and I was legit hurt at the time. I don't remember what, why, but I was literally literally in the bed, and he called me, and that's when he was, you know, helping booking or whatever, and said, hey, we're doing this reunion pay-per-view, yada, yada. Uh, can yeah. you make it? And I said, I'm hurt, man. No, I'm going to pass. And I hung up the phone and I sat there for about five minutes. And uh, I said to myself, "Uh, this this is like 2013, I think. And I said, this will probably be the last shot I get. You know, I should probably do this just to see if I can get on board again. At at that time, I was kind of of burned out. I didn't really give a shit. But uh, so I called Al back and I said, hey, I'll be there. And he said, oh, I thought you was hurt. I said, I am. I said, but I'll be all right. I said, by then I'll be okay. Uh, you know, and I was, I was, I was out of shape too. And that was the other thing. So I said, man, I said, I'll be there. So I started doing two days, uh, got in shape real quick and, uh, went and did that. And like I said, we get there. So Mitchell's there and Mitchell, they don't even put him going to the ring with us. So how can yeah. you even call that church? He was just throwing me and sin together. Um, against LAX. And here's the thing. I'm there, you know, like I said, I, I denied it at first, called back, okay, the reason I'm going is to try to get a job back, okay? Uh-huh. And yeah. uh, uh, pay-per-view, and I don't speak to my opponents. Now, if this is a house show, I don't give a shit. I don't even, right. and two guys never worked with, and they've never worked with us, and me and, me and Finn hadn't teamed up in a while, so we don't even speak to each other until I swear to God about 15 minutes before we go through the curtain on a yeah. pay-per-view. Yeah. We salvaged it. You know, I, I've seen that match. And I, I, it's not what I wanted. Believe me. We salvaged right. it. I thought, um, but not what I was there for. So, yeah. Now, you know, I listened to that episode that we talked about that on. And by the way, Sam, go listen to episode four, dude. You'll get all these answered <laughs> even in more detail. So go listen to episode four. And I don't know why you haven't. You're my friend. Come on, man. So I uh, <laughs> love you, buddy. Anyway, dude, you know, episode four answers all the questions. But anyway, long story short, I was going to ask you this, and I meant to in that episode, and I kicked myself. Was it Hernandez and Homicide, or was it the Santana yeah. and Ortiz? Oh, it was Hernandez uh, and Homicide? Okay, yeah. gotcha. So you all are all four veterans, like, at that point. Yeah. Y'all are all four veterans. Because I was thinking the newer LAX, I could almost see that from them because they're younger dudes, but this yeah. is the original LAX, or as they say. Anyway, yeah, that 
messes with my mind. I, that doesn't make any sense why they were like that. But anyway, I don't know those guys. I really only know you. So right. but anyway, I hope that answers your question, Seven. You know, go listen to episode four. <laughs> and okay, so our next question is Flynn Hendricks. And now this is AKA Dyron Flynn. I think you know who this is. Uh, yeah. He is on the I Know You Hear Me pod as well. He's got his own podcast called I Know You Hear Me. His first question is more of a statement to you. And he said he wanted to thank you for being so nice to him after he dropped the saw title to you. I was managing him that night and it was a quick Mm -hmm. fall, but you thanked him and you know, you let him know that the quick loss wouldn't really hurt him you know, that it, yeah. it, the way it was. And he just wanted to say thank you for the way you treated him after that, because a lot of the vets would have never even said that to him. So, you know, that would be in my younger years. I might not have been that way, but I think by that time I understood and tried to help out, you know, right. Because egos can be a fickle thing, man. You know, yeah. you, uh, mm-hmm. um, you, you know, and you were brought in there for a purpose. And I think he understood that. that's what I was taught. I remember talking to him about it. I was like, look, dude, you know, this territory needs it right now. You know, I would pull out wisdom that I don't even know where I got from other than my big guy, Kenny (laughs) Steele. You know, I don't know where I would get some wisdom from. But anyway, Dyron asked that. Now, Dyron also asked a second question that (laughs) he would like you to tell about the Gary Valiant Stadium End story. Oh, yeah. So... Let's see how that started. Downstairs is, is where we dressed at at that time. Um, and I, Gary and I, you know, we came up around the same time, started in the same area. Uh, Columbia, right. Tennessee was the, was the outlaw show that drew pretty well. And him and his brother, uh, Scott, um, uh, uh, they they were a great tag team down there and had a a, a very good feud with uh, Mephisto and Dante, Tommy Heggie, uh and, right. and Cool Breeze and you know independent scene that drew money down there. So uh, I don't know. I feel like with Gary and Gary and I have gone back and forth as like you know we're friends or kind of friends and not friends. Uh, you know. Uh, never right. been best of friends, but cordial to each other and everything like that. Now, Gary was an amateur wrestler. I wrestled in high school a little bit. So there was always this kind of like, especially with him, not with me, but more, you know, I'm a shooter and, and blah, blah, blah. So I was pretty tanked one night and uh, <laughs> come to the stadium in there. And I don't remember what got it going, but. It was, uh, I could I could take you down. You know, more him, you know, saying that to me. Right. Gary, fuck off, man. You know, no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, and so it turned into, uh, and this, I think we, we started kind of shooting each other, and he couldn't take me down, and he was getting frustrated. And this is back, like I said, this is, in the back, there's a very hard floor down there. And uh, so that happens. And finally, it, I just I said, Gary, fuck this. And I turned around, and I start walking away to go back to where I was sitting. Some bitch grabbed me from behind and, like, not a belly to back, but the old lift you up and slam you kind of on your side, kind of on your stomach amateur move there. Right. right. Uh, on that hard-ass floor, my elbow hit the fucking floor, and that shit hurt. So, oh, man. At this yeah. point, I'm fucking pissed. And then I start... 
I start swinging and then we'd lock up and he, at that point, and like I said, I was tanked. I didn't even want to fucking be doing this. And right. he, he hooked me and was on top and was kind of like scooting me um, on the ground. And we ended up going into that nasty ass bathroom. And I, the next thing I know, I'm basically up under a urinal and he's, yeah. he's got me. And I don't, I've never, you know, we done talked about Puerto Rico. I don't fight fair. If, right. I'm not, if it's me, there's no rule. I'm fixing the yeah. fucking seat. Yeah. I'll right. in love and war. Right. So some kind of way I saw a Coke can laying next to us with my right hand, reach over, grab it. And then I took it and like twisted it with both, both hands. He's, he's on me now. Like I said, I'm going to put it in the corner up under a fucking urinal, but I grabbed this thing and I twist it and rip it and rip it apart. Then I just reached up and I took that sharp ass aluminum ripped can and started slicing his fucking face with it. And, uh, he got off me, and uh, <laughs> I, was about, I was about the end of that. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. the story, huh? That's amazing. Yeah. The end. Yeah, I did. <laughs> did it I mean anything after that? I mean, was it just like... Not that I recall, just, there, you know, uh, you know, everybody's like, God damn, you fucking slice of sights open. <laughs> and it wasn't. It requires stitches, but it was enough to, to make him bleed and put some... Nice cuts across his face there, and get him off yeah, me with the main fuck. That's the important part because he wasn't gonna let go apparently, and that is just you know, yeah. yeah. Well, that is the famous Gary Boogie Woogie Boy Valiant Stadium end story. So thank you for shedding light on that, Dyer. Yeah. I hope you got your fill on that one, buddy. So okay, all right, thank you. And that shows you right there that this is one hundred percent no BS. Tell it like it is podcasting right here so he promised me that from the beginning so now he's living up to it okay so we got some emails here these are quick ones but they're a lot of fun man so chris from cincinnati sent me one it says the most fun time in wrestling for you what was the most fun for you uh uh without a doubt i mean it it would have to be you know our run there in memphis and then uh, all that stuff was just all, the road. All of it was just mixed together. It was life, you know, being at the arena, being on the road, whatever. The whole day, it just all was a thing for there for a few years, and yeah. and we had a ball. And you know, I, actually, the uh, I had made a DVD of our some of our best matches, and I summed it up in the title of the basically PG thirteen greatest hits. DVD was we were just having fun. That's the best yeah. way I can sum it all. And uh, <laughs> that's it, man. That was the most fun because, uh, like I said, grew up watching Memphis wrestling. Being on Memphis TV and being at the Coliseum and the fairgrounds in Nashville and all that meant more to me probably than being at WrestleMania. You know, maybe yeah, if okay. I had that, you know wrestled a match there or something, I might have a different take on it. But just I don't know, man. Being there was. It was it was more meaningful to me. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome, man. And the second question here, and this one may be hard to sum up, but but maybe just you know a little bit here. You know, yeah. you went from your most fun time. What would you say was your biggest regret in wrestling? Not taking shit seriously enough. Uh, in that, when we got that spot in WWE, the you know with the nation, um, 
I, I don't, neither one of us did take it ser yeah. seriously and never treated it like a business. Again, we were just having fun. Everything right. to me and to Jamie came natural. And I think, you know, I heard Jim Ross speak about Jamie and I on some podcast and it's been a minute or a shoot interview or something. And he, he acknowledged the talent and blah, 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 blah. And, and also made the statement, uh, I don't know if they were as good as they thought they were. And I can see where someone might think that because, you know, WWE also ECW, you know, by the time we got to those places, we had been around a minute had made a little bit of a name and worked fucking six nights a week. And right. you get to these shows and man, some of the younger cats are in the ring, you know, working out, you know, going, you know, shooting or whatever, man, trying to basically like training and stuff. Me and Jamie would never get in the ring for that shit because my feeling on it was I'm not going to risk getting myself hurt out here. And I think that it might've rubbed some people the wrong way. Like y'all are young, y'all need to be out there. But the shit just came natural to me, and maybe I'm wrong, and maybe that's something that we we should have done. But I don't think I would change that part of it. Right. But I can see where some people might think that. Oh, they paid their dues, but you know, a lot of people, especially before the internet came around, really didn't give Memphis guys the credit that we were working twice on Saturdays and Monday through Friday, and that's a tough yeah. fucking uh, schedule, man. I don't care where right. you're at. <laughs> Right, schedule right, exactly. my body to perform for your fucking show. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I never got out and did that. Um, you know, I, I don't know, man. But, but I, I know that I, like I said, uh, didn't take it as serious. And we thought we came up there and, you know, Jamie had managed some of these people that were in WWE. And, and, and like he says on the shoot interview, man, yeah, he had messed with the Undertaker's woman before she was Undertaker's woman. Some people get that confused, but, uh, right, right. you know, so he goes up there and he, you know, he's not starstruck by anybody. He's not respectful. Anybody. He's never been that way. And I'm just following <laughs> the scene. And a lot of times, just like you saw, uh, you know, people get us confused. People also lump us into one thing of what they remember of us. And sometimes it's bad. Sometimes it's good. And sometimes it was Jamie's fault. Sometimes it was mine, but a lot, I get a lot of heat because of him. You know? Right. Uh, right. And, and when you are a tag team, um, people don't separate the two. Sometimes the marks and the fucking boys that don't know right. you that well. Right. So there's that. Just like, you know, we heard Kurt Angle get, you know, they were talking about my heart attack and got me confused with Jamie. And those guys, right. you know, thought it was Jamie when it was me. And there's two separate people. And anybody that knows both of us knows we're very much polar opposites. So, right. Right. Is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. And then you are. But I mean, at the same time, it's like a marriage, too. So you sometimes, you yeah. know, you're just there. You got it. You know, it's like, well, I mean, when I told you, I remember telling you about that and you were like, yeah, you weren't really all that upset about it. You were just like, yeah, it's happened a million times before. Right. <laughs> um, it'll happen <laughs> a million times again, you know. So but anyway, that's that's great. You know, most fun and most and most fun also led into what would be your biggest regret. So thanks, Chris, for that. All right. 
So this was a cool one. Tracy from Bluefield. Now, Tracy is an old friend of mine. I've got a song, you know, the song we use for the theme song for Current Affair. He's writing a couple, two or three theme songs for Current Affair, and we're going to interchange them. One's going to be like an old school Kiss sounding style. Another one's going to be a metal. Another one's going to be punk. So we're going to be able to interject some of his songs for Current Affair theme. So anyway, long story short, he's a rocker. He was He's an old school rocker. We've played music many years. So he's going to ask these questions that make sense. So one, he wants to know, what's your favorite band? I know this. I <laughs> Kiss. Yeah. 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 That's, that's <laughs> a no-brainer. Yeah. yeah. Of your favorite band, what is your favorite song? Uh, man, it kind of depends on the mood. Detroit Rock City. Yeah. Um, and also one that like is a little hidden gem, uh, War Machine. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I like Cold Gin. I like Cold Gin. Yeah. yeah, those are probably my tops right there. My, uh, did he ask before I answer it? Does he ask my least favorite Kiss song? Sure, he doesn't. But go but, ahead. Okay, I didn't yeah. know if he asked. I didn't want to ruin it. But I will go ahead and tell yeah. you. I yeah. freaking hate Best. I can't stand it. And it was oh, one of the biggest. I stand it. Uh, there's just something about, especially if you've been to the concert, a dude in cat makeup and I leather sitting down with a microphone singing a love song just is not kiss yeah. to me. No, that's, <laughs> that's, that's gone, man. That's too much. Yeah. It's wow. a good song, and, and, but once you see that, it's, you can't unsee it. It kind of sucks like the I wind out of the shit. Yeah. No pun intended, but I can't take this cat seriously. <laughs> <laughs> I remember seeing a picture of you, man, like, God, maybe five uh, or six years ago where you were in, like, full on you were like wrestler gene or like wrestler ace or something. What, what did you do? It was a, yeah it was ace and i, I uh, yeah. dressed as him it was in nashville yeah one of their concerts yeah. yeah yeah so so who's your favorite member at kiss ace um i it's changed over the years i used to be a, a gene fan but now that i've met ace and i you know the the story of of ace uh yeah i like ace yeah, mm-hmm. me too, man. Ace to me is... Ace tattooed on my arm, and I got Gene tattooed on my arm. Right. Gene is different, though, man. Gene is all, yeah. like, not to say he's a genius, you know. He is a legit genius, and he's also a genius businessman. Yeah. And he's a great bass player. I mean, dude, I'm a bass player. He's a great bass player. I don't care what anybody yeah. says. I'll argue that till my death. Right. But Ace is the rock star, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like he's, yeah, he's, he's Paul the rock star too, but he is the rock star. He's the Keith Richards of the band, you know. Yeah. Anyway, well that's cool. And then favorite genre of music? Uh metal, but or or eighties, uh, nineties, uh grunge, metal, that type of thing. Okay, cool. Good deal. Good deal. All right. Well, thanks for answering that. And that's Tracy from Bluefield. Like I said, look for his music coming up on our current affairs segments there. All right. So Jared from Virginia, if he has a question. If you had a choice, would you be a booker or a trainer? And who for? Who would it be for if you had your choice? Would you rather be a booker or a trainer? Hmm. I would say um, a trainer just because I've done that. Booker's got a lot of pressure on him, man. <laughs> and to right. be able to come up with, I'm really good at coming up with my own shit, but I'm not, right. I, I mean, I can do it, but for longevity's sake, I'll say uh, a trainer because uh, the booker, you got to come up with shit for people 
24-7. I mean, that's a, that's right. a hard job. Think about right. how many hours of uh, programming you have got to come up with. I mean, yeah. And then yeah. you have to have – and I've done stuff a little bit, you know, um, independent-wise. I helped out with USWA some and things like that. You can have the greatest fucking ideas in your brain, but having the motherfuckers that can pull it off is a whole nother thing. I see it in yep. my head going one way because I feel like I got a bunch of me's out there, but I forget right. that I'm only one person and then these five people that got to make this work. <laughs> and right. You know, that you, you got to sometimes make chicken uh, salad out of chicken shit. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's so true about everything anymore. All right. Well, that's perfect. And who would it be for? Who would you like to work for right now? Oh, yeah. Uh, man, that's hard because I don't, you know, I don't really watch. I mean, right. it really wouldn't matter to me, I don't guess. That's the way I'd have to say that. I, I don't the care. Biggest check, <laughs> the biggest check. <laughs> yeah, the biggest check. Yeah, the biggest the biggest check, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter. Okay, so keep that in mind. WWE, AEW, whoever writes the biggest check, he'll be right there. So just give him two weeks so he can sell some more cars to take care of everything. All right, so uh, their next question is Joe from Alabama. And so if you could have done any other job instead of wrestling, what would it have been? Huh, that's a tough one right there. I always enjoyed drawing and stuff so it could have been something to do with art um that was my first love i will say when i was younger so it could have had something to do with that and then i dabbled in yeah. it later um that, that maybe that would be the answer and i wish so bad that i was even a little bit musically or vocally inclined because i think i would have been a great uh you know rock band guy but oh, totally. I'm not musically yeah. or instrumentally inclined at all. I, I don't I think that's true, bro. <laughs> that, uh, me and my daughter, when uh, Guitar Hero came out, we were we played that so much, I thought, well, fuck, I can get a guitar and I can learn this, and that was yeah. not the case. It was a disaster. Difference. I was not. Yeah. <laughs> so let me say this. As a musician, I got a gripe with Guitar Hero because I think as good as you can get on Guitar Hero, if you would yeah. put that same effort, if they would have figured out a way to make the game with a real guitar, we would have... Well, they did. They, they ended up doing a there. different... Somebody else oh, came they? up with one later that was very um, close to a real guitar. I don't remember the name of it, but I know right. they did come up with something a little bit different. Yeah. Well, I'm not saying this to make you feel like anything, but I can actually play guitar and bass, and I wish that more people were, you know, because everybody talks right. about wanting to learn and stuff. And and then I hear this guitar hero come along, and I sucked at it. <laughs> and I was like, this is not real. I don't – and then I just – wrote it off you know so many people had fun with that i really don't ever rag on anything that people have fun with because it seems to be something there but golly come on so yeah but hey if you ever want to learn bass or guitar i got you homie i got you man i'll help you bro so rockstar is one possibly also 
comic book artist or maybe even like a graphic design guy. Sounds like yeah. maybe another. I love it. Okay, cool. So now this one comes from Charlie Chase. Now, Charlie's my cousin, actually, and he uh-huh. is part of the Give Me Back My Action Movies franchise of networks and pods. So he is a movie dude, man. He he knows so much about movies that you've never even heard of. So as uh-huh. a fan of movies, he wants to know your top five favorite movies. Top five. Terminator 1 is my top two of all time. Uh, Dang it, this is going to require some thinking here. Uh, I loved Conan the Barbarian, Mm -hmm. the first one. I even kind of liked the the remake with uh, Moe Moe and Moe. Yeah. Um, But those two, I I loved Arnold was my... He's the dude, right? Yeah. I loved him as a bodybuilder, and then he got in movies. And I used to get those muscle and fitness magazines, and that's how I drew a lot of my pictures. I would use the poses from that and turn them into barbarians or wrestlers or something. Yeah. I learned, like, muscular anatomy was muscle and fitness magazine. <laughs> yeah, um, you learn the I mean, lines and stuff. That's smart. Yeah. I mean, I've seen a lot of good – it's hard for me to – I don't want to name a lot of old movies. Cause, and, and I'll be honest with you, there's a lot of movies that I will not – one of my – things i don't watch movies twice if i've seen it i'm not watching it again right now those right. movies in particular i've seen more than once so maybe yeah. i should just limit it to what i've seen more than once uh, there you go of course it's the star wars franchise of course uh, the older yeah. one I, that was the first movie i ever saw as a human being uh oh, a little man. kid star wars that's one awesome. in the movie theaters yeah uh i'm a huge fan of all the Marvel movies, uh, the Avengers movie, especially. Um, yeah. I love all that stuff, even their TV shows uh, and, and, and DC stuff. I just love superhero stuff. Yeah. Uh, always was a mark for that. So that gets me, what, four? Yeah. Uh, well, i tell you a movie that I laughed probably the hardest at, and it was situational. <laughs> um uh-huh. Me and Road Dog went to the theater WrestleMania week in Chicago and watched Jim Carrey's Liar Liar. Okay. We had a little a little assistance uh with the giggling. Uh-huh. And that place packed. It reminded me of you remember Death Comedy Jam? Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Oh, the reactions there, it was predominantly uh, African American audience in the movie theater with us, right? And I had never sat in a movie theater with that much crowd reaction. It was like wrestling. Well, it was like Death Comedy Jam, but it was like wrestling. Man, people right. were applauding. I mean, huge pops for stuff. I've yeah. never been in a movie like that ever, ever, ever. Yeah, and there was one point that movie where I was laughing so hard. The reason I said Jeff, Jeff Comedy Jam, and especially like when um, you ever watched Living Color in Living right. Color, remember that? So totally. Love that when show. It, yeah. it was, I think it was them that did a spoof on that, on Jeff Comedy Jam. They had people's heads exploding in the audience and all that kind of shit. But yeah. that's what this reminds yeah. me. I literally had to get up out of my seat. Me and him were laughing so hard. I had to get up out of my seat, and I was literally running up and down the aisles from the but yeah, so <laughs> for the experience of it. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. Okay, all right. So these guys sent me emails, but they never put their names really in it. So I don't want to give out their shoot emails here. But so these yeah. are some quick ones. Who made your PG thirteen gear? 
the first original stuff me and Jamie made with puffy paint. Um, And my jacket that I originally wore, um, that red one uh, Mm -hmm. with the silver on it, Chris Champion gave me, which it was a new breed jacket that he had made. So that's why I was wearing a new breed jacket. That's awesome. Uh, then, Then we had a lady out of Memphis named Kathy that... Once we quit doing the paint, we actually sewed the letters onto the shorts because uh, we would buy the shorts and then um, she would sew the stuff on them. So Kathy made a lot of it. And, yeah. I, and one pair we had airbrushed or something that was just someplace in Memphis. I don't remember, but um, a lot of people made different things. I had a guy that made me hubcaps, believe it or not. He would just, here, I made you this new hubcap. Okay, thank you. Awesome. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. And, uh, Jamie, you know, a lot of his stuff like that, I hated it. I hated that Mickey Mouse jacket he had that was multicolored, and it was a blue jean jacket that his wife had put multicolors on and sewed Mickey Mouse on the back of it. I freaking hated that thing. I thought, Jamie, this is not hood, bro. But at that time, like, you remember, like, when the style was uh, the shirts that would have Tasmanian Devil with some shorts and a hat on backwards? You know, totally. So this was that time, so whatever. (laughs) Yeah. It was kind of a good argument, but it was also Mickey Mouse. I get it, you know. Uh, <laughs> it was you know, very Mickey uh, Mouse. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, okay, this one, who is your Mount Rushmore of wrestling? Oh. Maybe who you faced. You don't have to say, like, as a mark, you know, but as of who you faced, like, you know, hmm. maybe, or however you want to do it. Who would you put you I mean, know, on your Mount we, Rushmore? Who I faced? I mean, the Road Warriors is going to be on there. For who I faced, and for Mark purposes, yeah, uh, right. they'd be on both of those. So that's two of the four. There's four on Mount Rushmore, correct? Yeah, two of them. Yep, four of them. Yep, exactly. Um, and for who I faced, would uh, Jerry Lawler would go on there? Yeah, of course. Because uh, yeah. uh, like like with our interview with him last night, man, he's just he's so smooth, man, and everything he does means something, even the little shit. True. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, da, 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 da. And then I guess I'd have to go with uh, just again for the for the run. Put Ricky Morton on there. It's hard to not put Ricky Ryder, but only got one spot. And you know, Ricky. We'll squeeze them the, together. We'll squeeze them together. Yeah, yeah. So together. Um, yeah, there's we'll, so many. We'll, but if we go right. with if we go with as a kid, what made me? You know, I've discussed that. You put the Road Warriors. You put Randy Savage. You put Kurt Henning. And there's some yeah. honorable mentions, Rick Rude, uh, shoot. Um, of course, you got to throw Flair in there and, again, Lawler and Sting. I like Sting a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. Man, there's so so many that I appreciated because I feel like I appreciated it on a different level. Even as a youngster, I kind of got it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's kind of, you know, that's the the point of it to find out all the things we can about Wolfie D. And this is the point of Ask Wolfie D Anything. Folks, hang with us real quick. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. Let's take a quick time out and get a word from one of my dope ass sponsors. And we'll be right back with more Live and in Color with Wolfie D.
All right. Thanks for holding in and listening to our sponsors there. We've got some awesome ones. Make sure to go visit their websites, pages, and all that good stuff. So right now we're going to do a fun little segment. It's it's really going to be a simple one. Is We're going to ask Wolfie a name of a wrestler or, or a performer of any kind, and he we're, he's going to give his one-word answer or just a quick answer, just his quick thoughts about this person. We've never really done this before. If you guys like this, let us know about it in the comments, and, and we'll do more of it. But right now we're going to run through a list here. So are you ready to go with this? You good? Yep. All right, cool. Now it's time to play the name game. Hey, hey. Now it's time to play the name game. Hey, hey. Now it's time to play the Now it's time to play the name game. All right, so first person is Jeff Jarrett. Uh businessman. Yeah, I love it. Jim Cornette. <laughs> A psychopath. <laughs> I love that too. Tony A good Falk. one. Yeah, <laughs> Tony Falk. <laughs> oh, want me to, huh? <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. Puts the thumb in. Oh, want me to, huh? <laughs> you know what's funny, man, is his son is so ingrained in the business that when he talks <laughs> to you, he does it in a promo, you know? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, like he's yeah. such a person of the business. Yeah. Yeah, man. You know, Tony is great. Tony's one of those guys that if I'm in the locker room, I'm talking to Tony usually because I'm just going to ask him a question. We got to get him on the podcast, too, for sure. Yeah. So I'm sure you can make that happen. So, yeah. yeah. Um, how about Raven? Um, Moody <laughs> uh, had some good times with him, man. Uh, early on in USWA, and then ECW, and then TNA. Um, he can be Moody though. Good guy. Yeah, understandable. How about Dutch Mantel? Great storyteller, uh, which which goes into him being a good booker, but just funny, man. That's just, yeah. it, that's just one of those ones when he's saying shit. Like riding with him, <laughs> it's just funny. And sometimes I don't think he even means for it to be funny, but the way he delivers shit is, is great. Right, right. we got to get him on the show, too. I've Vince Russo. tried that. Much luck with that. <laughs> oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, it's funny. Dutch seems to just get tired of his podcast. He'll have a podcast, and then he just stops having it. Yeah. It's like he gets bored of it or something. So maybe we'll catch him when he's ready to do one again, and we'll we'll get him on there. Vince Russo. Uh, overrated. <laughs> I love it. That's honest. I love it. Jerry Jarrett. Again, just like Jeff, businessman, very smart. Both of them have a bunch of heat within the business, but it's because they are so business, you know? Right, right. Jim Ross. Uh, man, see, and I've only spoken with Jim a few times. Um yeah. I don't. I don't really have a word, man. That's gonna be one I'm gonna have to just, and not because yeah. I'm scared to say anything. I don't really have an opinion of Jim one way or the other. Right. Just great not enough interaction. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Vince McMahon. A presence. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. a large that presence makes... when he enters. Yeah, I mean, you feel it. You feel it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this guy. Not everybody can say. That. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Road dog. Class act, my buddy. Yeah, yeah. He's been there a lot for you, hasn't he? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Brian Christopher. Oh, man. 
<laughs> I, can, I can have a few words because it just depends on what day it is. <laughs> yeah. He's funny. Yeah. He could be a dick. Uh, great worker. Um, and, you know, his demons got the best of him, man. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to pause it for a second and say this real quick. The first time I met Brian Christopher was backstage at Saw, and uh-huh. he was just walking around being, you know, cracking jokes and making jokes. And he started talking to me, and we started mm-hmm. talking about Jesse Barr, who turned into Jimmy Jack Funk. Well, he yeah. was blown away that I knew his name is Jesse Barr. And Brian talked to me the rest of the night. Like, really? And it was amazing, man didn't have to talk to me at all he could have just shook yeah. my hand and but dude was so cool to me yeah. I, and then it forever etched in my mind how great he was also in the ring you know and yeah. i know he had his demons and we're not the demon police here so we're not no. going to judge that but anyway you know i i didn't really want right. to bring it up with the king on his episode but i i wanted yeah. to get you know I want it to be known that I think he's one of the greatest because honestly, he just seemed to me like you, like Jamie, those guys that just have it to where it's easy to you, you know? Anyway, uh, good with him, good matches against him. Yeah. Uh, That giggle he would do that, like that. He would like, it was like a forced giggle, but it was so hilarious. Well, anyway, rest in peace. So Jackie Fargo, he, Let's see. I mean, I've met him, and I've I actually had a match where it was Colorado Kid against me, and I ended up taking the punch from Jackie, and the place exploded at the fairgrounds. Um, But I don't have a lot of interaction with him, so I have to go on just what his his uh, legend is. You know, I mean, he was I heard a lot of funny. He was a river, and uh, obviously set the stage for a lot of guys in Memphis, man, you know, with the, totally. you know, totally. the, just, uh, the showmanship. Yeah. I mean, legend is a great word that yeah, you can use yeah. right there. That dude's a legend yeah. for sure. So these may be tougher and I don't know if you met them or, or remember them, but maybe you just remember them on TV. Billy Travis. <laughs> I love Billy, man. Yeah. Uh, Billy a good dude, man. Again, had his demons, but he was a funny son of a bitch, man. I'll just say that. Funny and great worker. How about Eric Embry? Never met yeah. Eric Embry. Gotcha. No worries. Okay, so here's some that may ring a bell here. Teddy Hart. He's a goof, man. Um, I had the displeasure of going to dinner. Me and Kid Cash and... Uh, I think Trinity was with Cash at the time, and then we met him at an Applebee's right up the street from where I lived in Nashville. This dude, man, he's just different, man. I don't know. He goes in there with, uh, like, his shirt all the way unbuttoned, you know, nips hanging out, and and they said something to him about it. And I mean, this guy was just an idiot. And then you see him, him and CM Punk getting a fight at the uh, – at the uh, White Trash Cafe, which was right down the hill from the Fairgrounds Arena where they catered for us uh, on yeah. Wednesday. They got in a, a fight there, like two girls fighting each other. No, I just, I never really have, I don't understand. I mean, whatever he is in the Hart family or whatever is, I don't think they probably want him holding that name like that i wouldn't think from what i've been around brett and, and things like that i just i don't see it man i don't i don't get that kid at all or the or yeah. the 
somewhat of little heights he had around him. I don't, I don't get it. Right. His biggest hype was is that he flipped a million times off the top of a cage, and like yeah. literally like took over a show. I mean, I. You know, I've heard that story about him and Punk, mm. and I, I, you know, that to me can't be. You know, do you know anything about who was to blame for that, or was it just? No, I have no. I don't yeah, yeah, doesn't matter. Anyway, okay, all right, on with the show here. AJ Styles, <laughs> phenomenal. Yeah. Um, dude, you know he was a gymnast uh, or a cheerleader or something or both. And obviously, um, related into his wrestling repertoire, he can do some good stuff, man. He's a good dude, too, though. You know, he's not, uh, or he used to be. I don't I haven't talked to him or seen him in a long time. So, right, right. I mean, you were around when he was a young buck, you know, a real yeah. young dude. So, I mean, yeah. How about our truth, Ron Killings? Uh, he's, he's a cool fucker, man. I, I, was around him a lot at TNA and when I was slash and actually did some, uh, some syndicated shows for WWEF, whatever it was, uh, yeah. worked him on one of them. We had a really good match. I always liked him. Yeah. So I got to tell you a funny story about him. My very <laughs> first day living in Nashville, I moved to Nashville from Blacksburg, Virginia. My band, we moved to Nashville to try to make it in the big time. And we, stop at this gas station and it's the gas it's a shell gas station right there as you enter into east nashville we had rented a home in east nashville is on gallatin pike there and there's a shell like literally off the highway kind of across the road from where the stadium inn is if that gives you yeah. any idea yeah. so this shell and we parked there and we're getting gas and all of a sudden, we see this dude step out. He doesn't have a shirt on. He's ripped <laughs> to the gills. And he's got mm -hmm. his cord. And, and I'm like, oh, my God, that's Ron Killings. Like, that is <laughs> our, that is K. Quick. And he's got, I guess he's got a girlfriend with him. And he just, like, walks into the gas station and walks back out. And they leave. And I was like, holy crap. That's <laughs> like, you just see stars in nashville and i thought from that point on everywhere i would look i would see a star and it was crazy to me and i guess because it was 2004 when i moved out there so that would have been right in y'all's time of working yeah. there so yeah anyway that was a trip man anyway <laughs> enough about me there how about conan man um i never really messed with him much i, I mean yeah. he was at uh tna but uh, we never really talked much. Gotcha, gotcha. How about Disco Inferno? <laughs> he, for what, however he did it, I, I mean, he was Disco Inferno in USWA before he actually did that in WCW. And, I mean, he was a good worker. I enjoyed working with him. But how he got in the fucking office and shit, is, is, I, don't, I don't understand. But, uh, <laughs> hey, he did what he did. Yeah, yeah. How about this one, Kurt Angle? Who? Oh. <laughs> that's what he did to me. So that's why uh, we were talking about it. Be confused there. And, and the thing is, yeah. man, he came to Memphis and he worked with me all the time. I mean, we had an angle. It was the uh, the, the pun there, angle. Uh, we had the hubcap that I wore around my neck versus the gold medal around his neck. I mean, it was a whole angle, man. And he worked with me at the very beginning of his career a lot. 
Yeah. And, uh, but I guess he's had a lot of headshots and neck problems and whatever else. I don't know. But <laughs> no, yeah. Kurt was, was good from the get-go and obviously done very well for himself. And, you know, he's one of the best, man. He, he, he was... You know, you always wonder, or I always did, because you would see these dudes that would make the transition from some sort of professional sport or Olympic sport or whatever, the transition to pro wrestling, which most of the time doesn't seem to work out that well. Yeah, uh, yeah. But there's like him and, and Lesnar and, you know, some you know, some of the guys they say, oh, he's an ex football player, but they really weren't like big football player. They they did you know got to college and all that kind of stuff, but didn't make their name in that sport. But then you got the ones that did, and you don't see that much of a uh, success rate with that. You know, that's why right. you know right. you were somebody was saying about the. I guess that was last episode. We're talking about the guy that did the shot put. They just signed him and all that stuff. I mean, I wonder how that'll transition. And that's what I said. If they didn't watch it and didn't, don't have respect for it, it usually doesn't work out that well. But sometimes it does. I mean, athletes right. are at the business now is is more based around how many flips you can do and all that, how much you can lift and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you remember guys like the Ultimate Warrior, Sting, Lex Luger, on yeah. into guys like Batista or Leviathan or however you know. Those guys never even cared about the sport before they got right. into it. They just saw it as a means to use their look to make yeah. money. And yeah. it makes sense. But then you've got guys like you, and I'll even say Cena, because I know Cena grew up a huge fan. You know, you've got guys like you. I can almost, like you covered on the Chris Michaels episode, you guys went into it much deeper than here. You guys loved the business growing up and, and right. the, the, the sport, because you didn't even think of it as a business. You thought of it as a, as a sport growing up. And then to see these guys come in with these genetic you know, steps ahead of people and, and right. get to uh, get to places that they didn't even care about the sport. You know, you covered that with yeah. the episode with Chris. So we'll see how he does. I hope the kid does well. You know, with Kurt, who knows if he was a fan, but man, that dude, I, I think, you know, it, it was as, it was as natural for him as right. it could have been for anybody, you know, but you worked him, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, that's the funny part is you worked him. And I remember seeing those, the Power Pro stuff, yeah. right? And then you, yeah. I remember yeah. when Kishi was there around that time, too, Rikishi. Yeah. Anyway, well, I've got two more names here Jamie Dundee. Another psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> Buddy, love him like a brother, but he's. He's a heat magnet, and uh, he's just always going to say shit. Sometimes I wonder whether he does it just to get heat, or does he just right. not have brain cells left? God love him. Yeah. And then the last one is Wolfie D. Underrated. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That one is uh, the perfect one to end on there. Okay, so that part of the show has now ended. Now we are going to go into my personal favorite segment, DJ Hit the Music. <laughs> it's a current affair It's a current affair Love it in color It's a current affair Love it in color Alright, we're back to current affairs And and this, these are fun, man Because these are some good ones I sent you a clip 
And I knew if I didn't send you this clip, this question was not going to work out at all. So the clip I sent you was Charlotte Flair versus Nia Jax. And Mm -hmm. they got into a little bit of a tiff in in their match there. Nia, I think, is The Rock's niece or cousin or something. (laughs) That Anoa family is like thick, man. They're deep. And anyway, I think it's his niece. And then Charlotte, of course, is the daughter of the goat. What did you think about that clip that I sent you? Was that a shoot or was that a little bit of a shoot? What do you think? Well, I think they, I'm not really, I would have to watch one more time because I was thinking about this. I knew what she was going to ask me. To see what really happened there and whose fault it was. Something obviously didn't go right. Right. But what I got from it was, Charlotte wasn't scared of her big ass. <laughs> no, <laughs> you know, I'll give her definitely that. not. Uh, I think most yeah. of them girls would have backed down to that girl. That's probably what she's used to. Uh, and again, I don't know either one of them, just based on what I saw. Uh, but uh, at the same time, uh, they were on TV, and I think they tried to keep it a little professional because that could have got a lot worse than what it was. I thought it was going there for a second, uh, but it didn't. Yeah. And yeah. Also, at the same time, made them both look like shit because it once it goes yeah. off script like that, and you're you're shooting, and then you half shoot, and then I'm fixing to hit you, but I'm not, and you know, and then you see uh, Naya look at her and go, "Don't, don't even," or something like that, you know. Right. It just right to another place, and then you start working again, and you're you're working shitty, very shitty by that point, and I mean the whole the whole thing after that was terrible. Right. But who knows what happened and whatever. I've heard a few things on that. I'm, I may be speaking out of the league here, but I feel that there were, and I've heard this from a number of people, I'm not sure how tight that chick is within that family. I'm, I don't know what the real story there is. And that's that's right. me, like I said, might be speaking out of the league a little bit. Don't know either one of them. Um, I've just seen... You know, there's stuff here and there. Uh, yeah. I mean, obviously yeah. Charlotte's a good worker, and, you know, her daddy is. And I'm sure, like I said, she didn't back down from that girl. <laughs> yeah, she definitely didn't. Mm-hmm. You know, the funny thing to me was is when she was kind of half slapping her, you know, that mm-hmm. Naya. But it seemed to to me what I saw, and, and again, I'm not an in-ring expert, don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. but it seemed like their dance was off. You know what I'm saying? Like, like my wife and I, when we got married, we went to quick little lesson at, at this lady taught us how to do a little dance or two. And if we were not working together, it didn't work. But once we were working together, it was awesome, you know, yeah. and it could have been, there could have be, been some animosity before they even went out there. That could have been right. what the deal. A lot of times that'll happen. And if you've got ego and you don't want to work with this person, you want to sell for this person, you got problems from the start. So right. I don't know. Right. And, you know, that could have been it from the start, and then they just didn't work well together. But, yeah, it was it was an ugly segment for sure. So, anyway, we'll, we'll leave it at that. Uh, you know, I do like what you said, though. Charlotte definitely wasn't afraid of her. So, all right. Mm-hmm. The second current affair is the 2021 Pro Wrestling Illustrated Top 500 is out. And, by the way, the gentleman I am speaking to, and I've counted this, is an 11-time PWI 500. So keep that in your in your bag there, kids. <laughs> you know, how did you feel when you saw yourself on there? I think you got up to 103 and 96. I mean, that's, you know. I think my favorite guy was like 74 or 76 or something like that. But that's not bad that was for in 90. That was in 95. You got up to 75. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and, and that's a tag team wrestler, so that's not a bad spot to be in. At the same at time. 
I believe, you know, that held no weight within the wrestling business back then. That was purely just uh, personal, you know, hey, I made it. Good job. I'm not going to tell anybody. (laughs) You know what I mean? You do not tell the boys that excite you because then you're a fucking mark. And I think that today's uh, business, you know, as it is so much different, it's okay to be a fucking mark within the business. Uh, Right. Whatever, you know. These guys are, you know, really laying that. They believe that spot. They believe that number. And I got news for them. It's a work. It's it's a working magazine. It's always been a working magazine. It really holds in the way. And it's, I mean, it's it's a magazine designed for the marks. So if you're marking out for your spot, you're a fucking mark too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I love it. I love it. So, yeah, that's that. Top 10. So real, you know, I don't want to say real, but not that the top 10 ain't great guys and great workers and shit like that, but everything, you think they really sat back and I think 497 and 468 should change spots. No, they're just fucking names thrown in there, man, just to to solidify 500 people. Right. (laughs) Right. And I know it means a lot to the guys coming up, and I know it means a lot to the guys that are on the indies that really don't ever see their name in, in, in print very much. But, yeah, for, for a guy that's working every day, lunch pailing it, you know, I mean, you know, it, it's almost like, what? Okay, it's that time of the year again. But, anyway, mm-hmm. I want to run down the top ten real quick. The top ten came out. Number one was Kenny Omega. Really not a surprise. Number two was Roman Reigns. Number three was Bobby Lashley. Number four was Drew McIntyre. Number five was Kota Ibushi. Pretty, you know, that's not a a surprise. The Japanese Mm -hmm. guy. John Moxley was number six. Number seven, Will Ospreay. Number eight, Finn Balor. Kind of surprising there. Number Mm -hmm. nine, Shogo Tagagi. And then ten was Rich Swan was the surprising one there for me. Really surprising. So that leaves it with WWE having four, AEW having two, in New Japan had three, Impact had one. Anyway, mm-hmm. you know, what is that in the long run? Who knows? But yeah. what is know. it based well, Is it based on a win-loss right. that, you know, nobody keeps up with in wrestling? Is it based on right. how big the company is, what your spot in the company is, how much merchandise you're selling, or right. again? Just, what base just, is that? Yeah. Just fake news for the rest right. of the business. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's true, and it's true. And, you know, the thing that I, I, I've always appreciated about it is seeing people that I know in it, you know. So that, to me, was always fun to to get to see people that you know. I know that quite a few people that have been in a, in the 400 region. Yeah. And, you, you know, like you, you've been actually in the top part of it. So pretty fun stuff. All yeah. right. Now, and this, hey, real quick, yeah. Jimmy, real quick. Yeah. Just when I was speaking a minute ago, I know that we have a you know a lot of listeners that are new school, and I'm very old school. And when I say I, I, I don't want people to be offended when I say, "Hey, you're a mark," or "Those are marks," or blah 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 blah. That's just a term that uh, you know some people are offended by it these days, and I, right. I, I don't want anybody to be offended by that word because it's not marks. Help me make a living. Marks to this day uh, are are good to me and appreciate me and things like that. It's just a term, and I just right. wanted to clarify that it's just an old school word, and it's it's 
there's nothing bad about it. I don't know. I've, I've seen that discussion on different things. Oh, it's such a derogatory word. But again, I'm old school. And also just like with being politically correct these days, I think everybody's too soft. So if my, me using the word Mark offends you, this might not be the podcast for you. <laughs> yeah, may not, guys, really. Because, you know, 100% no BS, no, you know, no limits, right. nothing held back. It may not be. But, hey, also, really, if it is bothering you, literally lighten up, Francis. You know, like, seriously, <laughs> don't take everything so serious. Because, hey, at the same time, I'm a, I'm a mark. I've been a mark. I get it. Wolfie grew up a mark, you know. Before yeah. you got into the business, you were a mark, you know. And at the I'm same still time, a mark for certain things. I'm a, yeah, I'm a totally. Mark for <laughs> oh yeah, you're. I mean, you and I are both huge Titan marks. Yeah. We're, you know, to me, we're gonna have a Titans episode one day. I promise. Yeah. Once we get on down the line here. So, all right, leave it. And thank you for clearing that up, folks. Hey, listen, stick with us on this. This. You know, we just wanted to clear that up. All right. Now, the number three current affair, and this is actually number one in our hearts here, but we saw Father James Mitchell show up in NWA, baby. So our episode four alumni showed up at the the most recent NWA shows, and he's managing Judas, Michael Judas. He had a little time in TNA there, and also, what was that Bill Barron's promotion in Georgia, NWA? Wild side or something. Yeah, wild side. Anyway, he's kind of from that area. My buddy Seven, we talked about earlier. He's a he's a friend of Michael's. Anyway, it's really cool to see Father James show up in a. You know, I know he's been on Impact, but at the same time, they're using him as a manager here, and I love that. Mm -hmm. That's pretty cool. That is cool. I haven't seen the clips or anything. I have yeah seen some still images on Facebook that he was there. I didn't know what capacity or anything. So you kind of you know that's new to me, really. But yeah, yeah, that's. Didn't know he was done with TNA. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know that he's done with TNA, but at this or Impact, but he's he's actually getting in a managerial role, which I love. Gotcha. He was actually uh, the guy I worked against Jeremiah Plunkett, who is one of the Nashville guys yeah. uh, that we've all worked on so many shows with. So you know, shout out to at Plunkitis and shout out to <laughs> the real Father James Mitchell. There, that's awesome, right? I mean, come on, yeah. you know. Current affairs are fun to talk about when we know the people. So, <laughs> but anyway, other than that, uh, do you have anything else you'd like to add to today's show, Wolfie? No, I just again, uh, me and uh, Jimmy here have been looking at the numbers and everything, and you guys are supporting us across social media, and you're listening. Um, our, our episodes are doing well. We're ranked way up there. Um, he was showing me the numbers. We're above some. Some people you might not think would be above. I'm not going to smash anybody's balls right now, but, um, you know, our podcast is doing well out of the top 200. We've made it into the, the top 60, I believe. Yeah. Are high. yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, so yeah. for a podcast that's only been going for, uh, you know, seven weeks now, um, and uh, named after a guy that's underrated, I think we're doing a hell of a job, and I appreciate yeah. everybody's 
Absolutely. I, we can't thank you all for listening enough. It really means the world. Uh, we saw some great numbers with the Ricky Morton episode. We saw some great numbers with Jerry Lawler. You know, help us help you all. If you want to hear something or somebody, let us know about it. We've got so many ways you can get a hold of us. It, you know, yeah. just grab one of the social medias, you know, or or the email live and in color dot wolfie d at gmail dot com. Anything like that. You send us a thought or, or what you want. We'll put it up on here. We'll try to get a hold of them. I mean, yeah. in reality, if Wolfie knows them and you know that Wolfie has interaction with them in some way, theoretically, we can possibly get that person. So. You know, I'm not promising Hulk Hogan, but at the same time, maybe we'll we'll talk to his brother one day or something. <laughs> anyway, Randy. but yeah, yeah, Randy Hogan. Yeah, bring him on. Anyway, well, thanks again for sticking around with us, and thank you, Wolfie, for letting me do this podcast with you, brother. It's always fun, man. So, all right, y'all have a good day, and take care, and stay safe, and thanks again, Wolfie. Take care, buddy. Peace out. And now a word from our sponsor. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling, the podcast that's based on the old school, but can still help you find the good stuff from today. Jimmy Street and the Plastic Sheik, Jared, are the undisputed tag team champions of the wrestling podcast world. From thought-provoking topics to superstar interviews to action figure expertise. This team does it all. And all they ask is, give me back my pro wrestling. Every other Thursday, wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the big picture, Michael Jablonski. Don't forget to tune in every week to Jablonski's Pissed Off on the Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling YouTube channel. In a world that has been completely divided for so long, two movie fans have decided to unite for the people and the betterment of mankind. One, an action movie buff. The other, a horror movie fanatic. Together, they will try to bridge the gap of both genres into one podcast with their battle cry. Give me back my action and horror movies. Listen along as Charlie and Nate alternate each week talking about action and horror movies they cherish, mostly from the VHS era. Also, including some modern examples that felt like the movies they grew up with by answering the battle cry. Give me back my action and horror movies. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. Look them up on Facebook and Instagram. If you're a pro wrestling fan, there's something for everyone at the Cheap Heat TV Podcast Network. From the Pro Wrestling Discussion Show, Cheap Heat TV Live, to the Interview Show, the Jackson Interaction Podcast with the king of all wrestling media, Gene Jackson, to the silliness of the Whitey Jenkins Show, and the brand new Zip, Xander's Irresistible Podcast with Charles Anders, 
You can check them all out and much more over at CheapHeatTVLive.com. So that was another great episode. Hey, Wolfie, tell them where they can find you on social media. Jimmy, they can find me in the club, bottle full of bub. I'm just kidding. Uh, they can find me on Facebook. Uh, my personal page is Warren Wolf, W-O-L-F-E. Uh, I'm on Instagram, at WarrenWolf13. You can always find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at LiveWolfieD. And then on YouTube, at Live and in Color with Wolfie D Podcast. Our website is anchor.fm slash WolfieD. Here's the thing. Wolfie always has offers for his autographed photos. He has a selection of some awesome photos from throughout his career that he will autograph and personalize any way that you want him to. Just contact him either directly at his personal Facebook page or through any one of our other pages, and we'll make sure you get in contact directly with Wolfie. Get those photos, right, Wolfie? Yeah, I've got some good stuff on there, you know, to help with the podcast. Folks, if you can't get out to a show to meet Wolfie D, there's nothing like that, especially for the fans of PG-13 and Wolfie. D. Also, do you have a product or business you'd like Wolfie D to talk about? Let us know about it by leaving a recorded message over at anchor.fm slash Wolfie D slash message. Leave your name and contact info and we'll get back to you. Once again, that's anchor.fm slash Wolfie D slash message. And before we go, you can always find me, your host, Jimmy Street, at James Rock Street on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And hey, Jimmy, before we go real quick, I just want to add in there, uh, from the bottom of my heart, I really appreciate, first of all, the work you've done for this podcast. You have worked your butt off. Secondly, the people that are liking the page. Beyond that, even more, is the people that are listening. And we really appreciate that. Yeah, and remember, guys, the podcast drops a new episode every Monday at noon, and our past episodes are streaming now on demand on all major podcast formats. Thanks again. I got a cat for you, don't. got a cat. And here we go. The original white boy that came out sagging, not bragging. Don't be hating, cause I'm spitting the truth. Still loving in color. Don't rush your mother. Utilize a hubcap. I'm like any other. Back in the day, I was NOD. And I was P to the G plus the one and the three. In case you forgot, they call me Wolfie D. Been cloned and copied so many times. Title suckers taking credit for what is mine. You know who you are without me name dropping wrestling's first white boy coming out hip hop. Been doing it like this since 92. Late low for a while when you thought I was through. Listen real close to these rhymes that I've injected. This shit's so sick it makes your ears get infected. Bad skills, no faking, there is no one great. Cause I'm bringing more folks and over one or later. Not here to play games, so you better beware. You don't like me, so what? I really don't care. Like the time I keep ticking and I can't be stopped. You suck a step to the side unless you want to get dropped. When I finish, I'll straight knock you out. Please allow me to tell you what it's all about. Gonna wind it up. Driving it home, it's Wolfie D, baby. Huh? I got a cap for your dome. I got a cap for your dome. We got a cap for your dome. We got a cap for your dome. This has been a James Rock Street production.